Hi, and welcome to The Financial Fox, Finance, Investment, and Crypto with a Twist. I'm your host, Steffi B. I'm the founder of PR company Cassioca Services, and every week I bring to you my favorite conversations with investment experts, market disruptors, mover and shakers, and the coolest projects in crypto. So counterfeits are a big problem. And that is across different industry. It is not just about a fake Chanel or Louis Vuitton handbag sold for real to unsuspecting buyers. NFT, the new digital assets and collectibles powered by blockchain technology, are also targeted by criminal parties attempting to cash in. And this can damage creator, brand, and collector reputation. Think about the fact that some people just buy as an NFT as an investment or a trading opportunity. Then you can see the real damage that counterfeiting can bring. So what can NFT platform do to fight the problem of digital counterfeiting? Joining me is Cameron Heishasi, CEO of Scent, the NFT marketplace known for selling the first tweet from the former Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey as an NFT for the equivalent of 2.9 million US dollars. Before we go into the episode, remember that all the content here is for informational purposes and we don't give any financial advice. Also, if you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, click the subscribe button and follow us on social media to stay up to date with our news and interviews. This episode is brought to you by CoinPass, the fast, secure and compliant crypto trading platform for investors, traders and businesses in the UK. CoinPass brings the best of crypto to your doorstep. It's a fully regulated crypto platform offering a seamless and user-friendly purchasing experience. You can already find the top cryptocurrencies and they will be adding up to four new coins each month. They've just released their new website with improved UX and UI, as well as some powerful extra features such as DeFi options and staking are coming very soon. And this is all in a fully FCA registered and compliant package to the CoinPass users. They've also introduced their brand new CoinPass mobile app where you can manage your portfolio on the go. And here is the coolest things. They have a very attractive referral program where you can earn up to 20% commission. Use the link in the description to open your account and start trading today. Hi, Cameron. How are you? I'm good. Good to see you again. Yeah, fantastic to have you on the show. Um, Listen, today we talk about counterfeits, which uh, is a big problem. And, uh, you know, you have been uh, raising concern for counterfeiting in the NFT space. And it's something very important. They actually project, but also users and creators should reflect on because uh, it can be very damaging, especially if you are thinking to buy a real board ape and then, you know, you're buying a fake one. Yeah. And, you know, it's not only from the seller's perspective, the potential for harm, it's also for creators, right? Uh, Getting kind of swindled out of what should be money that they make for the things that they put out there in the world. And so it really like it hurts everyone uh, when we see these problems in the space. 
So shall we maybe break that down? You know, what are actually, um, what is the arm for the seller? What's the arm for the creators? What's the arm for the marketplace and the platform? Because US sent have made quite a strong decision in February when you saw this problem just booming everywhere. And especially when we are in a market that is kind of um, under the spotlight, uh, uh, hyped like it is right now, um, you know, these are a really big problem. And you also, you as a project has got the responsibility to actually set up standard and move the industry forward, but in a way that protects all the stakeholders and the people involved. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's really three stakeholder groups, at least, maybe more. But, you know, there's the creators who are putting these NFTs out there. Uh, there's the purchasers of them. And then I would just say um, there's the ecosystem because this isn't just any one company's problem. When you create an NFT and you put it out there, uh, you're putting it on an open ledger. And so it's not just about what you enable on your platform. It's about also what's happening on other platforms. And so it's very clear uh, on the creator side that if you violate their copyright, if you steal their work from them and, and you and you remint it, that there is that there is a lot of, um, of bad energy uh, that should go your way because you are effectively stealing uh, and creators already struggle to make an income. It's no myth. Uh, people well understand the struggle of uh, the creator. Um, and so we really want to be pro them, even if, you know, for us, someone's taking a creator's work and minting it on our platform, you know, the creator might not even be on our platform. Right. But we still have to think about them. Uh, our users aren't just the people who are creating things on scent. They're also creating elsewhere. And and maybe other people are just nefariously trying to steal the work and, and, and monetize it. And so that's the creator side on, on the seller side, or on the buyer side. Um, you know, we have so many uh, instances where someone is new to the space and there's a lot of concepts and they're trying to get familiar and they're trying to figure out what to do. Uh, and we just burn them right, right at the start because they maybe fall for a scam or they see something that they think is legit. Uh, and it turns out to in fact be a duplicate or a fake. And, and for so many people just getting into the ecosystem, that is such a bad way to start. And it's really hard to keep going after that type of experience. And it might not be your first step, but maybe it's your second, third or fourth purchase. Uh, you end up you know, hitting one of these scams. And so, and so thinking about the space that we're in is this massively expanding universe. Um, we don't want the people that are entering it to be you know, always getting subjected to, you know, theft or, or not theft rather, but uh, like scams or other types of schemes that try and con them out of their money uh, when they think that they're buying one thing. And then the third thing is, so the ecosystems, right? Uh, so NFTs minted on Scent can be viewable on OpenSea, can be viewable on, you know, uh, other NFT platforms. And this is just the beginning of the interoperability that we see. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more interoperability going on uh, in the future. For instance, you can mint something uh, on OpenSea and then display it in crypto voxels, right? And so it's not just marketplace to marketplace, it's perhaps marketplace to experience or in the future experience to experience. And, and so, you know, that risk is, is really scary because now one platform's problems kind of become every, every platform's problems uh, unless people 
close up, which goes against the spirit of the industry. And so, uh, you know, what we are looking at at Scent is how can we use the same interoperability that makes NFTs great uh, and add information that is able to be consumed by a virtual world or another marketplace so that they can evaluate, is this legit or not? I think it's great that you mentioned the world interoperability because that's a very big topic in crypto right now and especially in NFT with the development of the metaverse. So uh, talking about different NFT platforms, how do you see them reacting to this problem and what you at Scent have done to kind of try to solve the problem counterfeiting? Yeah, yeah. So... I think that they take it very seriously uh, and it comes in a variety of forms. You know, some platforms like Nifty Gateway only let vetted creators mint on the platform. And so uh, a scammer can't just go sign up for Nifty Gateway and do a drop, right? And so there's, there's that sort of process. Now that definitely protects creators, but it also kind of goes against some of the values of the space, namely permissionlessness, because not anyone can just go and do it, right? So on the flip side, you have an open sea where anyone can go and do it. And, you know, it is very clear that they're passionate about solving the problem. They were the ones who came out and dropped that bomb, that 80% of the minting that was happening on their platform was either scams, counterfeits, or, or you know, basically not legit. And, and so it's very clear that actors in this space do care about it. Now, in terms of their reaction to us, not really much of a reaction, honestly, more just like a, like a you know, mutual acknowledgement that this is a problem. Uh, but it's really exciting thinking about the solutions that are starting to uh, come into play because you know, I think that there is a desire for companies to start to think about how to treat these things more seriously and in an interoperable way. Yeah, so let's talk about the solution. But before of that, is there anything that users can do to check that what they are buying is legit? Um, can they do some due diligence themselves? Yeah, I would say the biggest thing is the identity of the people behind the project, uh, understanding that, and then being able to reference that when you go to, say, a page for uh, uh, you know, a mint page or a checkout page, right? Um, oftentimes people will be directed to pages where they click on a button that triggers a smart contract interaction and they assume that it's a good interaction, that it's legit interaction, but maybe they're authorizing all of their USDC to be spendable by some scammer, right? Uh, and so that really, and that, that's not even like counterfeit NFTs, that's just you know, um, uh, the path to getting to you know, an NFT project. And so I would say always cross-reference um, the contracts uh, that you're minting against or buying against from the ones that are listed in the project. But even that is frankly too much overhead uh, for someone just getting involved in the space. I think it really comes down to trusting the identity of uh, the person or the people that are pushing out the places that you go to, You know, be it uh, a link to a project or a link to uh, uh, some smart contract interaction. And you think there is a responsibility of the NFT marketplace as well? I mean, otherwise you wouldn't have been doing what you have done. Yeah, I think that there is an obligation to protect creators. Um, and we got to think about what it is that we're doing on the ground level of this NFT movement. We're building a foundation 
for not just the people that are creating digital art today, but potentially anyone who wants to become a creator in the future. And so we have to approach that seriously uh, and the collective we not just sent um, so that we really build something that stands the test of time and respects people's digital rights. Most of these counterfeiting, uh, um, you know, uh, assets is mainly like famous uh, uh, NFT in a specific industry. Would, uh, would, which do you see are the most uh, um, targeted? Yeah, yeah. So there's definitely, I would say that there's three groups of, of actors or actions. Uh, there's the groups that will try and take like a board ape or a crypto punk or some high profile uh, profile picture and they sell it for one dollar. <laughs> What's that? And <laughs> sell it for one dollar by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> by mistake, yeah. Exactly. Or it's just a counterfeit, right? And they're and they're trying to get you to think that uh, you're getting a great deal. Uh, and so that's one group, um, that's one category of behavior. Uh, another is people taking, for instance, stock photography or art that's elsewhere. Like there was a case recently where um, a bunch of original art from DeviantArt, one of the very sort of uh, community-centric art platforms, uh, was just taken off of DeviantArt and minted on OpenSea, I think was the platform and sold. And it's great art, right? Because it's by a passionate group of, of creators, um, but they just didn't have the rights to do it. And it was effectively theft. Uh, so that's like the second type of action that we see. And, and the third type of behavior is uh, that people will be launching projects and raising money to continue to build out the project uh, with the hopes that all the project stakeholders uh, make a return on their investment. And this is very similar to what we saw in the 2017-2018 ICO era, just with a JPEG attached to it. And, and so I see that being very problematic in the future as well. Okay. Are there any solution to this problem? Hmm. The vision of the solution in my mind is something to be as interoperable as NFTs themselves. Uh, okay. So, you know, Scent wouldn't need a relationship with OpenSea to share, uh, uh, you know, important data about the integrity of content. We'd just be able to look at the blockchain or look at something that is like the blockchain, right? That is really what we're, what we're envisioning and what we think will really scale across the ecosystem, not just to a subset of the actors. And so there are a couple interesting uh, startups in the space. One of them is called KYC Dow, which I find very interesting. Obviously, KYC has a bad rap in the space because it inhibits who can access things. Uh, maybe it is, uh, uh, you know, uh, a burden for a lot of users submitting their identification. But what KYC Dow does or is developing is the ability to do KYC once, and then they issue you a token, an NFT that has the data that says you completed KYC and it's not a transferable NFT. So you can't, for instance, sell it. It's just kind of like attached to your address. Wow. And then whatever marketplace you go to interacting with that address, all of the participants know that, oh, this person completed KYC, right? And so if there ever was an issue, say like a copyright violation, there's, there's something at stake. Uh, and that's ultimately where we need to get toward is, is that we understand that you know either the identity of the person taking the action or that they have something at stake something 
that uh, we can kind of use ultimately as a, a countermeasure. And so that's one example, but I think there's a lot of other examples and it all comes down to metadata, right? So we're putting data on the blockchain about content. Why can't we put other data on the blockchain around say the interactions with that content, right? Um, maybe a group of, of community members can vouch and say that this is the legit one. Right. And we can look and we can see that data on chain. Now, effectively, that happens by people collecting certain ones. Right. Like when you go to a certain project, you might know that there are some notable collectors, whether it's, you know, VCs or celebrities or whoever. Um, how can we start to use that data that already exists that tells us that this is the legit one versus not? Right. And so these are kind of standards that um, uh, take what's there and kind of interprets it in a way that can protect buyers. Uh, and so that that's really where I see the space going toward, but it's obviously very early. Yeah, and it is kind of like uh, strange because you think of crypto as uh, an open source, uh, decentralized, transparent space where you know you can actually see where an asset come from and then you still have the problem of counterfeiting which uh, you know is more common in uh, industry and marketplace where there isn't a, such a transparency on the supply chain so it's kind of like weird to to see that the problem is arising even there maybe because there is so much it's so difficult for parties to check but i kind of like uh, the the example that you brought up about attaching a token to a digital identity. This is also something that perhaps uh, Cardano is uh, also looking at and is working in the space with the uh, digital identities. So definitely that is a very uh, interesting route. Um, my question will be, if you are attaching a token to a digital identity, then there is a problem, a problem. There is a challenge of interoperability because what about if this token is issued on Ethereum or Polygon, how you are going to uh, use it in a Cardano or Solana or Phantom uh, ecosystem. So we are still going to have a problem there. I mean, it doesn't look like, uh, you know, a complete uh, easy way to get by the problem. Yeah, that is definitely a good point. I think that there is, um, you know, interoperability is a hard problem. I think that right now, uh, Designing within one blockchain is kind of where we are at, although I know that there are people that are thinking about um, the future. And so for someone like KYC DAO, right, they could say we're going to issue credentials on all the blockchains. We're going to be blockchain agnostic and it would be kind of up to up to them to to start to do that. Ultimately, that has its limitations. We need uh, some form of inner blockchain communication that works um, across platform. Uh, across not just the EVM, which is Ethereum's, but like many other any other blockchain runtimes, and so there's a lot to be developed there. And you know, salute to the uh, developers that are working on it. But uh, uh, that that is definitely something that I don't think I have the answers to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you said at the beginning we are at the very early stage, so. You know, surely this is a problem that is going to be solved. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to see interoperability really become a reality. But now, just to close up, let me know what's up as sent. Any, anything you are working on, anything we should expect? Well, we recently launched a product called app.bio, which I'm very excited 
uh, to introduce to the world. And so what app.bio is, it's, it's like a link in bio, but web three. And so it not only lets you manage your list of links, but it also lets you uh, manage a subscriber list uh, where you have both email addresses and web three addresses, and you can distribute NFTs directly to your subscriber list uh, on Polygon. And so the, the minting is free. And um, yeah, really with the goal of getting as many people NFT owners as possible so that we can really start to understand what does it mean to own an NFT? What can I do with it? Uh, and so we just launched that uh, in the last month and it's kind of like a soft launch. We're just letting it trickle out and seeing kind of what the reaction's like. But so far, it's been cool. Uh, we pushed out an update over the weekend through the through Sense app bio, app.bio and that's sent.app.bio. Uh, and it got, you know, we minted, I think, uh, almost 75 NFTs over the weekend just for free to our audience members. And so um, I'm really excited for the opportunity to put more uh, or rather create more NFT owners. Uh, I think that right now, so few people are actually collecting these assets and uh, I really want more people to be exposed to it. Wow, that's that's exciting. So break it down a little bit for me. Um, how does it work, this LinkedIn bio? Yeah, yeah. And how is and, it different from the Web2 that we currently use, perhaps? Yeah, so it intentionally looks like Web2. Okay. Uh, kind of provide, it looks like Linktree when you go to it. Um, but there's, there's a, there's a piece of content at the top and, uh, whenever you update that content, it, it gets distributed to all of the people that are subscribed to you. Now, in order for them to collect it as an NFT, they have to click the collect button. So they'll get a notification. They'll go to the site and then click collect, and then they'll have it in their wallet. And so, um, for us, the motivation for it was on social media, on Twitter, on YouTube, et cetera, you don't actually have the ability to reach your audience. You have the ability to use the algorithm to try and get a message displayed to them, but you can't actually reach them directly. And so why not try and build a parallel audience list that you can also uh, you know, import, export, it's just email addresses. Uh, and then in the Web3 version, it's also ETH addresses. So you could drop to them uh, uh, NFTs and tokens. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. I mean, I mean, my next will be, do you think we are going to get soon at a stage where, for instance, YouTuber can monetize their, their content in a way that is not the traditional way through YouTube, but actually you can um, monetize directly through your uh, community? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so I'm going to look uh, um, for this news very soon. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And we can get you set up on that bio if you want to try it out. Okay, sounds great. Camero, thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, listen, I look forward to this update. I want to try the uh, link bio as well. And yeah, it's very exciting. I do agree with you. There is uh, so many opportunities that people can unlock NFT and just get used to them as well. So that's why you need to kind of create utility for them to understand how that works. And, you know, eventually everything is going to power the evolution of Web3. Totally. Yeah. So great chatting with you, Stefania. Thank you for bringing me back on. Mm -hmm.